The WojPod is presented by QuickBooks. New business, no problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Learn more at quickbooks.com. Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the WojPod, an NCAA tournament bracket slash draft prospect podcast with with the two gentlemen who probably see as much college basketball in a given season, especially among elite teams and teams with NBA prospects as anybody. And that, of course, is our draft analyst, Jonathan Gavoni, Mike Schmitz. Guys, how are you? Doing great, great Woj. Great to be with you. All right. Big well, week, man. It is a big week, and people, everyone's got their brackets. And I, I wanted to do two, do two things with the pod today. One, as I said, you guys see you, – you've seen virtually everybody – in this bracket, I would be shocked. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you guys have not been at a St. Peter's game in Jersey City. I don't know if you've scouted any Mac guys. Whoa, that's week. close. I, of course I've been there. That's an easy See, one. I, I haven't been to, I don't know, Montana State. Uh, oh. Schmidt, have you been there? No, I haven't. I've been to Laramie, Wyoming. So, if they, hey, you know, we got a couple now, of sleepers here. South enough. Dakota State, I know Mike was headed to South Dakota State at one point. I don't know. That's a random fact I know about your season. <laughs> you never did see South Dakota State, did you, Mike? I almost did, and, and I'm kicking myself because I was texting you about it. We were going to get your son coming through, checking out the game, the whole deal. And then I slept on our guy, ba- Baylor Shireman, which we'll hit on at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> Another one heavily on Baylor Shireman, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. well, uh, let's start this way, guys. Let's – for those of our – those in our audience who are going to still be putting their brackets together, again, Mike Schmitz, Jonathan Gavoni, no one sees more of these guys than you have. And let's go through, let's start in the East, and we're going to get the players in the bracket and, and guys to watch here first weekend, second weekend, and on. But let's start in the East where Baylor is the one seed. You got an interesting 8-9 game with Carolina Marquette. I love that St. Mary's playing the winner of the play in Wyoming. Indiana, I love that. Texas Tech, Virginia Tech, I don't know what to make of Virginia Tech is in the tournament. They came on. That, that is a really interesting team. We just saw what they did in the ACC tournament. And then the two mid-majors in the 7-10 game, which I think is fascinating. Like 7-10, you're a mid-major. You think you're going to be playing like an SEC school. You're playing an LSU. And all of a sudden – your Murray State, San Francisco, and you got another mid-major looking you in the eye, which is pretty neat. It's seven ten. So let's start there, guys. You guys look at that bracket. What what jumps out at you in the East? Who's going to advance? And, and where do we see some upsets? I like Purdue. You know they've been fading a little bit. Um, you know three and three their last six, but I mean the number three offense in college basketball. Um, you know, several pro prospects on this roster, three guys in our top 60 and, and a superstar in Jaden Ivey, as well as one of one of the best big men in college basketball in Trevion Williams. I have them in the final four. Um, you know, I've got them taking down uh, Baylor in the in the elite eight. Uh, so um, give me give me all the Purdue stock here. I mean, those two. Uh, Zach Eady, you know, a seven foot three, um, really tough guard for for anybody uh, in college basketball. 
And I just think that they've been through, you know, the gauntlet here of, of Big Ten play. They've had their ups and downs. And I just hope that they come together chemistry-wise and, and, and defensively and just figure out how to play hard consistently for 40 minutes. Because that's really, honestly, the only thing that's really been missing for them in terms of being a top-five team, which, which they were early on in the year. I saw them out here um, at the Mohegan Sun, watched them beat um, – Villanova in the championship there. So I, I'm, I'm all in on, on Purdue, um, even though, you know, the analytics would say, you know, they have the hundredth ranked defense or whatever, and that, that doesn't get it done in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I, I was just out in, in Indy um, at the big 10 tournament and, and saw Purdue and um, you know, the talent is, is definitely there, especially offensively. I'm curious to see how they come together because you know, there are times you watch them and you kind of wonder like, okay, is this five guys like playing together or are they five individuals? And so I want to see kind of what that looks like. You know, can Jaden Ivey take a step and be like a true leader that rallies the troops and, and brings these guys together and leads them to the final four? Um, that's really my, my only question. You know, I've got UCLA coming out of there uh, and that's Maybe my my West Coast bias, my the fact that I, I make my home out here in sunny Los Angeles, but uh, I think that they have a lot of the markers of a team that can make a run. You know, when you talk about the fact that they have a veteran point guard in Tiger Campbell, they have a veteran in Jaime Jaquez, or seems like a veteran with with how he's been producing. Uh, Johnny Juzang, Jules Bernard, Cody Riley, like they have guys who were a key part in, in that team last year. You know, that made a run, and so. Um, I think that they have kind of that that balance, you know, that you're looking for. Um, but, you know, I do think it's it's relatively open and we could see some upsets in, in this in this region. I think there are some interesting, um, you know, mid-major teams. When you look at you mentioned Murray State, um, you know, they are always kind of in the mix. It seems, you know, Tevin Brown is is one of the best shot makers in, in the in the country, really. Um, San Francisco. I mean, Todd Golden has done a great job you know, with that team, Jamari Bouye, you know, they have a really electric guard. And, um, and then I like Wyoming. If Wyoming is able to get out of that first four, you know, I, I was able to see them a couple of times over the last few years. And Hunter Maldonado is, is one of the more uh, underappreciated guards in the country. Um, Graham E.K. is super productive, big. So um, I like some upsets potentially there as well. Yeah, that's a Wyoming, Laramie, Wyoming, one of my favorite stops in the old days. <laughs> On the uh, in my my covering the whack days, the Foster Country Inn, twenty nine dollars a night. It was a suite was thirty nine dollars, I believe, at the Foster's Country Inn. Let's I, I like this idea better though, guys. Of as we're in the bracket, let's hit on some guys we want to watch. Um, some some pro prospects around. We've got in the play in game, Wyoming, Indiana. Let's go to Indiana. Uh, Trace Jackson, is he a player who can help the Hoosiers make a bit of a run? Uh, can, you know, they obviously they can win a, a play in game. And then, you know, St. Mary's is, is an outstanding team. Um, but th does Indiana have a run in them out of a play in? I think that they, they showed signs of, of life, you know, in, in the big 10 tournament, you know, they're, won a couple games that were really competitive, you know, with, with Iowa, um, you know, knocked off Illinois. And I, I thought Trace Jackson Davis, you know, really helped himself. Uh, I, he was kind of a known commodity. I mean, he's been a productive college player for, for a long time, but 
um, you know, to see him kind of put that team on his back to some degree and blocking shots and finishing through contact and handling the ball and, and passing. And, you know, Xavier Johnson is a, is a point guard who can get to his spots. He's pretty explosive. And um, so I, I think, you know, anytime you have two pillars like that, um, you know, you, you could you could make some noise. Um, but again, don't sleep on Wyoming. Jonathan, anybody else in that bracket, any players in the East, you've got Purdue, Mike's taking the Bruins in his in his neighborhood at UCLA. Any other players you're watching in that East bracket that uh, maybe make an impact here, maybe get their teams at a Sweet 16, and, and guys maybe we see uh, draft night this year or next year uh, in Brooklyn? A couple guys. I mean, this is actually probably the best bracket for pro prospects, and I think it starts with Kentucky. Uh, you know, you have to t- look at them when you're talking about pro prospects, even though they're, you know, they're so transfer heavy and they're so old now. But, you know, Ty Ty Washington, he's had a little bit of a confusing season. You know, he's a projected lottery pick still, but, you know, he's battled some injuries. He's been up and down. He had one of it, you know, probably one of his worst games of the season here against Tennessee in, in the SEC tournament semis, really struggled to shoot the ball. Uh, you know, they went under on everything. They would play the drop defense, and he just really couldn't punish them in the mid-range, which is really his specialty, I and mean, that's where he lives. And so I'm curious to see how Kentucky bounces back. It's a big tournament coming up for Oscar Shibwe, you know, national player of the year, most likely. You know, that's the predictions. Uh, you know, having an incredible year. Uh, no player in the last 30 years has done what he's doing from a rebounding perspective, averaging over 15 rebounds a game. So he's got a big tournament in store because, you know, he's six foot eight. He's not a great passer. He doesn't really have any shooting range. There's some real question marks about him defensively, you know, on the perimeter, in pick and roll. And, you know, so how does that translate? You know, is how much of a modern big man is he at 22 years old? And so this is, you know, I mean, they've got – if Murray – State beats San Francisco and they play against each other. This is going to be one of the best games of the round of 32. Schmitz already touched on Tevin Brown. He's the number one scorer in college basketball coming off screen. So you have this, uh, you know, this guy who can, um, you know, shoot it from anywhere on the court. And he's 23 years old. This is his fifth year of college basketball. Murray State hasn't lost in three months. That's going to be a pressure packed game. And I'm just really curious to see, you know, can Cal Perry make the adjustments mid-game if Murray starts out really hot, Kentucky starts out slow. You know, they don't shoot a lot of threes. They don't rely heavily on that. Um, you know, Severe Wheeler has been up and down, you know, like just, you know, a little guard who can't shoot. Those are the guys that struggle in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So I really think Murray State has real upset potential here, you know, mm-hmm. like in that round of 32 game. If Tevin Brown is a monster game, that's going to help him. And then we also need to talk about Baylor, who has two projected top 20 picks, freshmen in Jeremy Sohan and Kendall Brown. Um, you know, with we haven't even touched on them yet, even though they're in a number one seed in this bracket. A lot of that is because of injuries, you know, losing the heart and soul of their team in Jonathan Chamo Chachua. Their number one scorer, LJ Cryer, is out. Uh, you know, we're not sure is he going to play or not. He's been day to day for, you know, over a month now here. So 
Um, you know, that, that's going to be really interesting. They have another um, very fascinating round of 32 matchup potentially in Marquette if Marquette can beat Carolina. And then you, that sets up Justin Lewis, um, mm-hmm. you know, who is who, he plays the, you know, the in between the three and the four spot. So he's, you know, right in the mix to, to match up with Kendall Brown and Sohan, who both really play the four. Sohan plays some five. Um, so that's going to be a very closely studied game for NBA teams. You know, Justin Lewis, you know, he's a 19-year-old sophomore. He's been on this incredible hot streak um, shooting from beyond the arc. He's a projected first-round pick right now. Um, you know, he's only six foot seven, but great body, long arms, um, and it does a lot of different things for them. So, you know, I, I, this is a very exciting bracket for me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's let's jump over to the Midwest guys. Kansas is the one seed. You've got perhaps a potential number one overall pick in Jabari Smith on the two seed Auburn. Uh, interesting seven ten game with USC Miami. Uh, Providence is a four seed. South Dakota State thirteen seed. And then you got that LSU Iowa State game a six eleven. Who knows with LSU with Will Wade finally getting run out of there and an interim coach in place there. Uh, who, who do we like in this bracket? And then a really interesting eight, all the eight, nine games are interesting. San Diego State, Creighton. Um, Mike, who do, who do we, at the very top of the bracket, who do you like in this region? And, and where can we see an upset or two? Well, first of all, just because you mentioned it, San Diego State, Creighton, Arthur Kaluma, Uganda national team standout, Adam Seiko, his brother, Uganda national team standout who plays for San Diego State. They're going to be playing each other. So for all the Uganda basketball fans out there, tune in. That's a big one. Um, but as we aside- know, Mike, Mike is a longtime assistant coach and director of player personnel for the Uganda <laughs> national team. But that that'll be that'll be a fun matchup with those two. But uh, I have Iowa coming out of of that region. Um, you know, maybe it's the recency bias of just having seen them. You know, in the Big Ten tournament. Um, but I just love the way this team plays. I mean, they play five out, they move the ball, they shoot a lot of threes, they have a cohesion about them. You know, they just won the Big Ten tournament um, in large part because of Keegan Murray. And I- I'll tell you what, man, I, I was texting Gavoni about it like nonstop. He's probably sick of hearing about it, but I, I couldn't take my eyes off, off Keegan Murray. And um, he's he- I think he's the best player in the country. I think he's the best. I think you could argue he's the best, like, player not prospect but but the best player in the draft uh, just in terms of like having so few weaknesses i mean he's six eight six nine seven one wingspan he shoots the piss out of it from three um he guards multiple positions like you can play him really all over the floor and they just seem to have a togetherness about them um you know, that I think is, is kind of built for March. And so I'm interested to see, you know, if they can kind of keep this thing going. And, and really, if, if Keegan Murray puts his team on his back and his, and his twin, Chris, by the way, who I think is a little bit of a sleeper, 
Um, if they keep rolling like this, I, I really think he could start to work his way into that like top three, four conversation in terms of his draft projection. Where, where did you guys have Keegan Murray projected before the season? And now you're saying perhaps top three, four, five in the draft. We had him late first round, which, you know, I mean, a lot of people kind of raise their eyebrows at because he, you know, he wasn't the most impactful guy as a freshman, but you could see the tools, you know, you could see the intrigue. Uh, but I mean, seeing him develop from what he was last year to, you know, he was leading the country in scoring for a big part of the season. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, just uh, that, that jump that he made, um, you know, like Schmidt said, uh, he has no weaknesses and he's, and he's so dialed in and he's gotten better and better as the year has moved on. Uh, so I think, um, yeah, there's some real upset potential there. Um, you know, not, not the easiest path for them I, in that four thirteen game, which, you know, with Providence, South Dakota State, I've got South Dakota State winning because of they have the best pro prospect on the floor in Baylor Shireman. And we're going to mention him again. Six foot six, plays anywhere from point guard to power forward, 47% three-point shooter, leads them in assists and rebounds. Very unique player. Um, could really help himself with, with a good showing uh, at, you know, in this NCAA tournament. Only a junior, so still has another year of eligibility left. But I, I, I expect him to to give Providence major issues and um, and really help his standing here in in with the NBA draft. Is is it true, you guys? His comp is Joe Ingles. Is that an accurate comp, Mike? Is that who you mentioned to me before for him? I, it's just it's a natural. We do it too often, and and everyone's Joe Ingles, you know. But this one, I guess you can see a little bit. I mean, he's pretty slow. Um, he's a lefty. He can pass dribble shoot. So, you know, yeah. I think he's like a little shorter Joe Ingles. Gavoni, what do we think? Needs to develop his defense, you know, the way yes. Joe Ingles did. You know, but Joe didn't play a lot of D early on in his career when I first saw him. And honestly, Joe couldn't shoot also. Joe is one of the most amazing development stories ever. You know, Baylor can really, really shoot, and he's really good in pick and roll, which Joe, that's what he was. He was like a big point guard early mm-hmm. on, you know, and so um, – yeah, I like it. I think it, I think it's a good comp. Uh, you know, I mean, how does how does he fare defensively? That's going to be the big question mark for him because you know when I was at Sloan, uh, the MIT Sports Analytics Conference a couple weeks ago, a lot of analytics guys came up to me and they said, "Shireman, what do you think about him? He's blowing up our draft models. I can't get any traction with our GM, and so now this is his chance." You know, to re- because he doesn't look the part. You look at him and say, "Oh, he's slow. He has no length. He moves funny. He's got a funny body." But that doesn't really matter if you can play in today's NBA. So this is a great opportunity for him. Um, first with Providence, and then maybe Iowa if they beat Richmond. What do you guys think of that seven ten USC Miami game? I, th- I think it's interesting. You know, I, being out here in LA again and, and seeing these guys a lot and. Um, you know, the, the one here, here's a little sleeper name for you on, on USC, Drew Peterson. Um, when, when he has it going, that USC team is really, really tough to stop. He's like a six, seven, six, eight guard. They put the ball in his hands. Um, he can create for himself, for his teammates. And he's kind of one of these feast or famine guys. Like when he's really, really good, you're like, man, this is like an NBA draft sleeper. And, and when he's 
struggles, you're like, how is this guy in the Pac-12? But um, I think having a guy like that, uh, having a guy like Boogie Ellis, having a guy like Isaiah Mobley, you know, Evan Mobley's brother, who I think has, has made a big jump this season. I mean, the question for him has always been the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I've been to a few games this year where he's really struggled with, you know, a guy like Jaime Jaquez, you know, who who lit him up when when I was last at Poly Pavilion. But offensively, he can really handle the ball. He can really pass. He's turned himself into a, you know, close to a knockdown shooter from three. Um, so I think that they they have some you know versatility there that that they can bring. And I'm, I'm honestly the the matchup I'm really looking for prospect wise. Like I hope we get Iowa Auburn. You know, I hope we get Keegan Murray versus Jabari Smith. This is two guys you know jockeying for. Uh, top three, four, five, whatever Jabari, I think a lot of people in the NBA will tell you is is maybe the most likely to go, you know, number one overall, even though we have Chet Holmgren. And then I would just, I would love to see Keegan Murray in that matchup um, because what blew me away was just like, he's unshakable. Like he, he it's almost like Tim Duncan, um, Kawhi Leonard, this, this guy who's like, he shows no expression whatsoever. And he just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. And like, he has this next play kind of short memory that you see from great quarterbacks, uh, that, that I think would be really interesting against a guy like Jabari Smith, who is like this energetic defender, rah, rah, like that team, they play with a lot of juice. And then you have this guy, Keegan Murray, who's just you almost think is a flatliner, but he's really a, a silent assassin. And then, and then you have Walker Kessler too, who's one of the best shot blockers in the country, you know, arguably the best shot blocker in the draft, you know, manning the middle. So I'm hoping we, we get that Iowa Auburn matchup. Does Colgate have any, I'm a big Matt Lango fan at Colgate. I think he's an outstanding coach. I am shocked that no one has hired him out of Colgate yet. They play fast. They score. They hung a hundred points on Syracuse in the dome earlier this season can they're playing in Milwaukee that's tough against Wisconsin do you give Colgate there's always a 314 can can that be the one or Johnny Davis is that he's not they're not losing Johnny Davis is not let them let letting them lose to a to a Patriot League team I think that's a tough matchup you know just with Madison being a little over an hour away um from Milwaukee where this game is going to be played it's going to be packed with Wisconsin fans and you know when you have a guy like Johnny Davis who can do so many different things on both ends of the floor and he's really a creator for them he's turned himself into a legitimate combo guard this year that makes it hard you know I mean this is a guy that's projected to be a top 10 pick I mean I I mean Colgate's a a really good team I watched him a lot last year uh, in the Patriot League because of Santi Aldama who ended up being a first round pick but um yeah, so I think it's going to be a good game, but I, I, I think Johnny Davis advances, and um, I'm really excited to see how he looks against LSU, if LSU can take down Iowa State, because that's a matchup of lottery picks also, with, you know, between him and Tari Eason, you know, who plays the five for them at 6'8", but, you know, they do so much pressing, and he's so switchable, um, you know, he's arguably the best defender in the SEC. He gets a million blocks, steals, rebounds. He's really improved his shooting. He's an incredible athlete. That is going to be also one of the better, uh, you know, round of 32 games, you know, in the NCAA tournament from an NBA draft perspective, if both teams advance. Let's jump to the South, guys. Arizona is your one seed there. You got a 7-10 Ohio State Loyola-Chicago game. You got maybe – 
you know, I think that Tennessee team that some people were surprised was a three seed. They're the or was a three seed and not a two. They they play Longwood and then poor Colorado State. That's a tough. You get a six seed out of the Mountain West and you end up with Michigan as an eleven. That's not what usually those seeds you would normally see kind of flipped, right? Based on conference affiliation. And then my sleeper there, Houston at five, Kelvin Sampson is one of the best coaches in the country, obviously. Uh, you think of the run they made, they lost. I know they lost a key player in the early in the season for them. And here they are as a five seed coming out of the American against UAB. Uh, certainly. And then, and then of course the big East champion Villanova in the two fifteen game against Delaware. What, who do you guys like coming out of there? And, and obviously, there's there, there are more good NBA prospects in this uh, bracket, also. Well, I, I I know it's a tough draw for them, but I'm still taking Colorado State to to win a few games. Um, you know, David Roddy is is a name that I think people need to know and and will continue to know as you know we get through the NCAA tournament and, and the pre-draft process. He's a guy I would take in the first round. Like I, I really would, and and he's been one of the most productive players in the country. He's one of the most improved players in the country. Um, you know, he's a guy who was not really known as a great shooter coming up. Now he's shooting 45% from three. And he's kind of this peculiar prospect because he's really 6'5", like 260. Okay, so he's almost it's almost like a uh, late career Charles Barkley body, you know, where it's uh, he doesn't have great height, but he's powerful, he's long, um, and he's more explosive than you think. And I just like the way that this team plays. They have a veteran point guard in Isaiah Stevens who can really, really handle the ball, get other guys involved. I was at their game um, and shoot around in Reno against Nevada, and that team is dialed in. Like you watch them go through shoot around, and their scouts, they're on a string, they're they're understanding of personnel. Like they have this cohesion um, that I was really impressed with. And I think you know Roddy is a guy who you know if NBA teams see him have a standout game against a guy like Musa Diabate at, at Michigan, who's, you know, a really dynamic um, kind of rim running big who moves really well guarding the perimeter. Um, if he, you know, continues to produce against a guy like that, okay, that'll open some eyes. And then you go against Tennessee, you know, a good defense and a guard like Kennedy Chandler. If you, if you happen to run through a team like that, um, I think Roddy is a guy who can really, you know, work his way up draft boards. And, and I wouldn't bet against Colorado State. Um, making a run here. Uh, I just, I love that kid's intensity. It's kind of like uh, Grant Williams. I, I say if like Grant Williams and Taylor Horton Tucker had a baby, that's kind of what you, what you get with, with, <laughs> with David Roddy. Um, but I like Arizona coming out of the, the South. Uh, they're dealing with the injury to Kirk Creesa, who's, you know, a big part of what they do at, at, at the point guard position, Estonian legend, Kirk Creesa. Um, but they can beat you in a lot of different ways. They can play big. They can play small. Christian Coloco's arguably the best shot blocker in the country. Ben Matherin, potential top 10 pick, um, one of the best scorers in the country. You know, Dalen Terry is another guy who I think can really help himself and, and open some eyes draft-wise. He's you know, six seven, seven foot wingspan, guards multiple positions. He can play point guard, just not a great shooter. So, um, yeah, I think Tommy Lloyd's got this thing rolling, and and I have them winning it all, honestly. No, all, no bias aside, I am an Arizona alum, but, you know, they're rolling. Yeah, I, uh, I would love to see Arizona match up with TCU in the round of 32. TCU... Um, coached by Jamie Dixon, who won 
the gold medal in the under-19 World Cup, his starting point guard on that team was, was Mike Miles, who, uh, you know, what a matchup that would be, what an opportunity for him, you know, to really solidify himself as a potential second-round pick. Little guard, but has so much to his game. He's so tough. Uh, he's quick. He's great in pick and roll. Has had kind of an up-and-down year, but, uh, you know, 19-year-old sophomore, uh, great opportunity if he could advance past Seton Hall, play Arizona, you know, potentially without Kirk Creesa. Uh, so that that's something I'm looking at, forward to. Um, Ohio State um, in the first round. Also, they play Loyola Chicago on Friday. That's a 12-15 game. That's the first game of the, of the day. That, you know, E.J. Liddell, probably one of the big stock risers of the season. I remember, you know, I was the one that broke the story of him going back to school last year. Didn't really get many looks. Had a not a great showing at the G League Combine. You know, went in the gym, really worked on his shot. Um, you know, became, a, you know, one of the better shot blocking bigs in the country, even though he's only 6'7". Um, it's played all over the floor for them. So he's going to be a fun guy to watch. Loyola Chicago, that's obviously a, t- a tough matchup in that 7-10 game. And then the winner plays Villanova if Villanova beats Delaware. So, um, you know, some good, good matchups this weekend uh, in that part of the bracket too. Colin Gillespie, guys, where, where does he – Villanova's – uh, the two seed in the South, they play Delaware. What does Colin Gillespie look like? What does his draft night look like in June? He, he's never seemed to me like a guy that you would pick and then you look down in a couple of years and, and there he is. And, and he's on a roster and he's potentially contributing. And you're like, man, why did we not draft this guy? Almost a different style of player, but like you'd say from a TJ McConnell or, or, or a guy like that, who you know impacts winning and at such a high level. Um, and then, you know, you just kind of overlook him and, and then there he is in the NBA. I mean, the guy's shooting 42% from three on seven attempts per game. He loves the moment, clearly. Like he has this um, quality about him that just rises when the moment is great. And so, uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of had to open my mind to him as an NBA prospect, you know, over the years. Um, just because he has some limitations, but like guys like that who who aren't afraid and who can make big shots and have that Villanova schooling and toughness, like they seem to find a way to just to make it. Let's let's jump to the West. Our final bracket here: Gonzaga's number one. They play my college classmate Rob Lanier in Georgia State uh, in Portland. We've got uh, Duke, obviously. In the West, they open up at Fullerton, and then you've got some interesting, you know, I think some interesting potential upsets. Four, the four thirteen game, Arkansas, Vermont, Vermont wins the that America East every year. John Becker, uh, tremendous coach. I know he's got the two time Player of the Year in that league, and then a really hot Texas Tech team. They're in a three fourteen against a good Montana State team. Uh, Michigan State, Davidson. 7-10, of course, you got Davidson with a point guard who transferred, a lawyer who transferred from Michigan State, two great, great coaches and Tom Izzo and Bob McKillop, uh, UConn, New Mexico State, 5-12. I, I love this West bracket. Uh, Boise, Memphis, and 8-9, which is kind of a contrast in styles. Uh, you know, again, a, a tough UConn team with Danny Hurley, I think ready maybe to make a run. Uh, they had a great season in, in the Big East and uh, beat Auburn early in the year. I love this. This West bracket to me is just great matchups. 
Um, some really interesting games, especially on the first day and, and round of 32. What do you guys think? Let, let's start at the top of the bracket, Gonzaga, Duke, uh, Texas Tech. Uh, who comes out of the West? And and obviously we've got Chet Holmgren there. Um, you know, we've got some some major, uh, major draft players too. No offense to Leon Rice, but everybody in the NBA is rooting for Boise State to lose to Memphis and set up a matchup between Jalen Duran and Chet Holmgren in the round of 32. That is, you know, one going to be one of the most highly anticipated games of the season. Just a huge contrast in, in styles. Memphis, uh, you know, bunch of long-armed, strong-framed athletes. Um, really, really guard. Um, and, you know, it's gotten a lot better offensively as, as the year moved on. They won, I think, 11 of their 12 final games before losing to Houston in the American uh, Championship yesterday, a team that they had beaten twice. So, yeah, Memphis, um, you know, that's, uh, that's a, a, a tough matchup for, for Gonzaga, potentially, if they can advance past Boise State. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, and that's that's the matchup everyone wants to see, like Jonathan said. And, and it's you know we always like hype up these you know head to head matchups sometimes, and then they you know what do you learn or it's one game or, or whatever. But this is truly like the type of player that every Chet Holmgren naysayer says that he's going to struggle against is Jalen Duran. Like that's that's the guy that the the people who say oh his body's going to break or there's no way have you seen his frame he's 195 pounds like there's no way this guy is a number one pick blah 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 it's because of guys like Jalen Duran that that they don't think it's possible because Jalen Duran is like it's like a modern Dwight Howard when you when you look at the physicality I mean he's like 6'10", 250, 75 wingspan he dunks everything he blocks everything um so not not to just belabor Jonathan's point but like that's that's truly a matchup I think where you can learn about um, you know, Chet Holmgren's durability, his his resolve, um, his physicality. Like, yeah, they would use Drew Timmy on him a decent amount, I think, and and let Chet, you know, more protect the rim. But um, teams will really, really closely be watching, you know, that, that head-to-head matchup for sure. And then Duke, clearly, like, I think there are guys on this team that, that still have something to prove, you know. I think um, when you look at Paulo Bancaro, this is a guy that it seemed everyone thought, you know, a couple of weeks into the season, like, oh, is it, you know, he's a number one pick. Like, it's a no-brainer. Like, this is the guy. And, you know, I, I don't think that was the case in NBA circles, but he started off so strong offensively, making big shots, and he looked like this guy who, okay, like, he, he comes out and he kills in the garden, you know, and then he comes to Vegas against Gonzaga and he kills before before cramping. And you thought, okay, is this this guy who, like, likes the moment and, and, and it, like, has this star potential? And then there were some games – I thought throughout the season when he looked a little tentative late in the game and he was kind of turning down open shots and maybe the, the confidence was a little up and down in, in the defense. So I still think he has something to prove a, a little bit along with AJ Griffin, along with Trevor Keels, who's been very, very up and down. Um, so I'm obviously watching Duke incredibly close uh, as we enter this NCAA tournament. What, what do we think? That, that's an interesting play in Rutgers, Notre Dame. Um, uh, both with some, you know, ACC Big Ten there. The winner plays Alabama six in the six eleven. Uh, what do you think of either of those teams against? What, what's hard about that playing is you're going from Dayton to let's see, wh- where is that game? San Diego, right? Yep. 
that's what that's the hard part is the travel on that one, right? You play Tuesday in Dayton, you know, you travel all night, you get out west, and then you know you have that practice that day, and you got to play the next day. It's almost a just schedule wise time moving across the country that makes it a hard one to win. Uh, but but two pretty good teams there uh, playing Alabama, who's got some some pro possibilities on that team too. Uh, yeah, that, it's a it's a great bracket. Uh, uh, you know, Davidson, who you know the Atlantic Ten runner up, uh, is is a very good team. Obviously, a great coach and Bob McKillop against uh, Michigan State. Can can either of those teams beat Duke in, in a second round? I thought Jay Billis was pretty um, pretty adamant that Duke's going to win whoever comes out of that. I, I'm not so sure. I, I wonder about that Duke team a little bit. Um, could Michigan State Davidson is that a legit upset in round of thirty two? Could could K go home? Could K go home before the Sweet Sixteen this year? I was uh, here in Brooklyn at the ACC tournament, watched Duke play three times, and came away really really confused about them. You know, I mean they're not as organized of a team as you would think. You know, and defensively. They were just so underwhelming. It just didn't look like anybody had any idea, you know, what the game plan was, you know. And, and you see uh, Jimmy Beheim, you know, red hot, can't miss, no adjustments whatsoever, you know, and just let him cook. Hunter Couture, same thing in, in the championship game, went off for 31 points. No adjustment. You know, they just kept doing the same exact thing. That really surprised me. I think part of it is K. They were going to be on that two line probably no matter what, and I think I think he took the Phil Jackson approach and said, "You guys figure this out, you know. Like I'm not going to call a timeout and and go to a boxing one defense in the NCAA tournament, so we're not going to do that now either, you know. So that's um, that was really interesting for me to see. You know, there's just a young team, and there's five guys on that roster trying to be first round picks, and you wonder at times, you know, where is the hierarchy there, you know? And a lot of times it just Let's just dump the ball into Paolo in the mid post and let him take a tough turnaround. And really that got very stale at some point, you know, he still got his points, but I don't think, you know, Virginia tech was clearly the better team, you know, in that championship game. And uh, that was shocking to me because Virginia tech was on the bubble going into the ACC tournament. You know, I watched them in Brooklyn in November uh, you know, their point guard, Storm Murphy, couldn't get the ball past half court. But just the strides that he's made and they, they've made as a team really makes me think that Virginia Tech could be a team that is going to the Sweet 16, you know, not in this bracket. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so I, I I share your concern, Woj. I think Michigan State, Tom Izzo, his resume, what he does in the NCAA tournament, I mean, that's uh, that's scary. If that's a round of 32 game, it's not a vintage Michigan State team, you know. I mean, they have had a lot of issues uh, in Big Ten play also. Um, you know, they really don't guard the way that, you know, Tom Izzo teams usually do. And they also really don't have a lot of hierarchy offensively. So, yeah, I, it's not – I still have Duke advancing to the Sweet 16, but uh, I could see that being a real game there. What do you guys – you look at in the West bracket – Elite Eight. I'm guessing you both get you both have Gonzaga there in the Elite Eight. Although I do think I think UConn gets to the Sweet Sixteen. They are not the most skilled team 
in the country. I don't think they have maybe their best pro prospect might be the freshman who who was out. Jordan Hawkins, Andre Jackson. I think their sophomore, if he can learn to shoot, if he shoots the ball better in the future, um, is certainly a pro. You know, Snogo is a great college player. I don't know how he translates to the NBA, but that is a tough physical team. I could see them giving Gonzaga, if they can get to the Sweet 16, I could see them certainly physically competing with Gonzaga. Gonzaga is obviously more skilled. Um, what do you got? Who do you guys like in that Elite Eight out West um, if you do both like Gonzaga getting that far? Yeah, I have Gonzaga winning. Um, you know, I, I think just with Timmy and, and Nemhard and, and Holmgren, and um, you know, I think Nemhard is a guy who NBA teams and we've seen him for what feels like a million years, um, and you know, he, he's been around. But I think NBA teams like seem more and more comfortable with him as a guy in the second round potentially who um, you know has positional size and can really really pass and, and run your team, and he's got this poise about him that. I think is going to, you know, obviously be huge in, in March. But I'm looking at this UConn-Arkansas matchup. Um, you know, I, I think that's an interesting one um, when you, you mentioned some of the UConn guys. And I think Tyrese Martin is, is somebody who's helped himself uh, in NBA circles. When you talk about a guy who's six six and physical, he's become this, like, awesome rebounder. And, you know, still – I want Danny Hurley from Allentown, PA, I think, yep. Yeah, exactly. So he's got he's he's rooted in, in toughness, and he's he's shooting forty three percent from three, and, and so he's one of those guys where kind of like you know the the Martin twins, where it, not the same player, but if, if you have wings who can make an open shot, bring some toughness. Um, generally, those guys find a way, you know, in the NBA, and they get a lot of bites at the apple just because that's such a tough position to find. So I, I would really be interested in that matchup when you look at a guy like Sonogo and then potentially playing against, you know, Jalen Williams at, at Arkansas. I, I went out to Tampa um, just for one day of the SEC tournament to kind of figure him out a little bit because, you know, he's somebody you hear – getting a little bit of buzz in, in NBA circles. He's 19 years old. He's 6'10". Um, he can really, really handle. He can really pass. And he's this, like, defensive communicator um, who's calling out every ball screen. He's, you know, I think he's taken, like, 50 charges or something crazy like that, um, you know, on the season. And so I would love to see Jalen Williams against Sonogo and then, you know, a guard like J.D. Note who can really, really fill it up. He's averaging 18 points a game, um, has – absolutely zero confidence issues. He'll pull it from, from 30. Um, so I would be very interested in that UConn-Arkansas matchup with the winner probably playing Gonzaga. Yeah, I've got Gonzaga winning the whole thing. It obviously advances the Final Four. Um, I, I think I also think Arkansas is a tough matchup for UConn, you know, just with the way that they guard and just how fast they play. And having a, you know, a 23-year-old senior in J.D. Note running the show, all those transfers, um, you know, deep bench, they, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a tough matchup for UConn, honestly. So I, I think um, people are going to be really focused on that. And then, um, and then Alabama also, I think, is an interesting one to watch, you know, regardless of whether it's Ron Harper Jr. and Rutgers advancing or Blake Wesley, NBA teams are really going to be focused heavily on that first round matchup, you know, with J.D. Davison, who started the year projected as a lottery pick, um, has struggled a little bit with turnover issues and, and his scoring ability. And so can he get back on track, especially if they, you know, if they play Notre Dame? I like Rutgers, though, in that 
in that uh, first four game. I you know went to a million of their games this year because the Big Ten was so loaded. And Rutgers is just it's an awesome team to watch an NBA prospect match up against because they're so tough. Um, and they really, really guard. And, and Harper, I mean, you know, one of the best players in the Big Ten. So I like I like Rutgers playing Alabama there. And I think um, I think Rutgers could, could potentially win that game too. Absolutely. Steve Peichel, of course, Rutgers coach from Bristol, Connecticut. Another, another one of us who grew up in the shadows of ESPN. Uh, he's done a remarkable job at Rutgers. Um, nobody has won as consistently as he has there. Uh, and, and Ron Harper Jr. was a big part of it. Came from Don Bosco, Northern Jersey, didn't have a bunch of offers. And uh, he and Geo Baker have made a, a great run. So it's exciting to see Rutgers, who would have gotten back to the tournament in the COVID year. There's no tournament. And, and here they are back this year uh, with, with a senior group. Uh, guys, get to New Orleans. You both have Gonzaga coming in out of the West. Who's winning it all? Who, who is, uh, who's winning a national championship on April 4th? Yeah, I have, I have Arizona. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I think just the, the connectivity that, that they play with, you know, they play an NBA style. They're empowering. They can beat you in different ways, whether it's, you know, Ben Matherin getting hot, um, I mean, he's he's turned himself into one of the best scorers in the country, in the country, a guy that you can, you know, run off of screens. So he's a very dynamic shot maker. He can get downhill. He drew like, I think, nine fouls or something like that in the you know Pac-12 tournament championship. And then they have size and in, in a guy like Christian Coloco, um, who erases everything at the rim. He's almost like their, you know, Rudy Gobert. You can throw a lob up to him as well. Uh, and then they can play big with him and Omar Ballo. You know, that's that's a lot of size. Um, up front and then they can you know spread you out and play small as well they have role players they have stars um, obviously you'd like to see Kirk Creasa get healthy he's kind of been their engine at the point card position but um, I, I just think that you know with their experience they played in a lot of big games um, Tommy Lloyd clearly knows what he's doing and that, that staff they, they, that team plays with a lot of joy so um, I would take them beating I hope we get the Tommy Lloyd versus Mark Few um, head-to-head matchup. I mean, that would be, uh, you know, a lot of storylines there, but I- I'm-, I'm taking Arizona. Jonathan? I've got Gonzaga beating Arizona in the national championship. I just think that, you know, having two All-Americans in Andrew Nemhard and Drew Timmy, as well as the best player in college basketball in Chet Holmgren, and all that experience from, from last year, you know, re- re- returning, having played in that national championship game, losing to Baylor, you get back there. And I think that they're, I think they're going to do it, you know, and um, just, they're just so overwhelming in the front court, you know, with, with Timmy and Holmgren and then, you know, a, a good backup and Anton Watson as well is an outstanding defender. They've got shooting with, uh, you know, with Rasir Bolton and Julian Strother. They've got, you know, some talented freshmen coming off the bench uh, with, with and Nolan Hickman, who can, you know, also really play pick and roll, can really pass, fearless, um, can also shoot. So I, I like Gonzaga um, in that national championship game over Arizona. My other Final Four teams are Purdue and Auburn. So you can see the bias here with, you know, the, the NBA prospects. That's that's what I'm rooting for, you know. But, um, yeah, I think it's just going to be a really fun NCAA tournament. Uh, uh, I'm really excited about the fact that, you know, almost our entire top 20 
Um, they're in the NCAA tournament, and they're on teams that could really go deep. I mean, that, I feel like last year the tournament took a real hit, you know, when Cade Cunningham, they weren't able to advance to the Sweet 16. It, it got a little bit stale towards the end, and I just really hope that we could get those pro prospects in the, in the second weekend and in the Final Four as well. Well, this was a lot of fun, guys. Uh, tournament kicks off, well, Tuesday night. Uh, with the play-ins, and then Thursday, the rest of the, the, the main main field gets rolling. Uh, this was great. You guys will continue to be all over it this month. I know you'll watch some at home. You'll hit the road and watch some more, and we're going to be right into draft workouts and declarations. As teams get eliminated, you're going to start to see players declaring for the draft, so we'll, be, we'll all be chasing that. Uh, Jonathan Gavoni, Mike Schmitz, ESPN's NBA draft analysts, and the guys who will guarantee your brackets. If you put money in a pool, you don't do well. Just send a self was a self-stamped envelope to either Mike or Gavoni Care of ESPN, and, and you guys will re- refund their um, their pool money, right? Is that how it works? Yeah, Venmo. Just send me a Venmo request, and uh, <laughs> we'll empty the bank. <laughs> all right, guys. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate you guys, and we'll uh, I know we'll all be talking soon. Thanks, Woj. Thanks, Woj. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to our guests this week, ESPN's NBA draft analysts, Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also listen to the Low Post with Zach Lowe, the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst, and the Adam Schefter Podcast with Adam Schefter. We'll catch you next time. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.